Welcome to Women on the Line, Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Program. Produced at 3CR Community Radio in Melbourne on Rundu country of the Kulin Nations and broadcast on the Community Radio Network. I'm Nicole Kirby. On the show this week, we hear about the independent art scene in Jakarta, about DIY arts and crafts and the issues that women artists in Jakarta face. In October, a group of three women artists from Jakarta's contemporary arts collective Ruan Grupa will travel to Melbourne. Their work will be exhibited at Footscray Community Arts Centre where they'll also be in conversation exploring gender identity and their practice as artists. In anticipation of that event, we had a four-way conversation between Melbourne and Jakarta. I was joined by Ika Ventiani in Jakarta, and in the studio in Melbourne, Rani Promesti, associate producer from Footscray Community Arts Centre, and Suji Kim, founder of Juanita, spoke with us. I started by asking them what Juanita is. It's an acronym for Women's Arts Network, Indonesia to Australia. And Juanita is the Bahasa word for woman, is that right? Yeah. Might be good to get some background on that word from Ikorobani because it's quite interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's one of um, several words that are used to describe women. So there's wanita, yep. there's perempuan, cewek. Mm. What else, Ika? Dara. Oh, that's a good one. The way uh, people describe women, I think it's also become, uh, there's an influence of a local language like Japanese, like mbak, for example. Mm. So, yeah, there are so many, actually, to uh, to describe women. I mean, uh, like to call women, especially in daily life in Indonesia and in Jakarta, especially. Mm. And Wanita is one of the, um, to me personally, is it's, it sounds like a very ladylike, if you know what I mean. It's usually like older compared to perempuan, for example. Perempuan is younger and, you know, it has totally different meanings. So, me personally, I prefer to call myself perempuan rather than Wanita. There's a sense of being a mother and nurture in perempuan, while in wanita, it's it feel it it's the connotations. It's more like the obedience women. You know what I mean? And um, actually, um, as part of this program at Fuske Community Arts Center, apart from the exhibition opening that will happen on the first of October, um, the three visiting women artists are also doing a workshop that will mm-hmm. explore the terms used to describe women. It's open to people of all genders, but they're going to use um, collage art as one of the art forms that you get to do as part of this workshop in exploring gender identity in contemporary Indonesia, but also in your own cultural background. So everyone yes. of all cultural backgrounds is welcome to explore You know what words are relevant to you for your gender identity in your families and in your um, community groups. Mm-hmm. Gender identity really changed huh, Ika, when Suharto yeah. came to power because it became yeah. so much more conservative and mm. much more um, revolving around the nuclear family. Mm. He really pushed for that image of women as being part of the nuclear family and part of the yeah. household. Mm-hmm. Would you agree, Ika? Yes. Whereas before Suharto came to power, you know, women were very much at the forefront um, of the revolutionary post-colonial movement. They were warriors as well, young Aika. Um, mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. they they were they fought alongside the men against mm. the Dutch colonial government. Mm-hmm. You know? Whereas during Suharto era, the the gender identity of women became so much more conservative. Uh, part of his coming to power was, yeah, the destruction of kind of more radical forms of being a woman in Indonesian society. So Hatu was in power from 1965 till 1999? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And that was yeah. a military dictatorship. And so since mm-hmm. 1999, has there been a change in gender issues or the position of women in Indonesian society? I'm going to hand all that to you, Ika, because yeah. I left after that. <laughs> um, absolutely. As simple as the idea of being a career woman, like, you know, working outside of the house. Uh, now it's become more common, especially lately when uh, women uh, entitled for, for have, to have her own business, uh, running her own company and everything. I believe that uh, before that even the thought of it is not even possible. You know, because everything tend to be put in that, like Rani said, in that context of a nuclear family. Women were supposed to be stay at home, taking care of the family and everything. But since it ended pretty much now, not, not only there are so many women's organizations and movements, but also the um, the celebrations of the empower, the empower women. And, for example, also the presence of women in the governmental organizations and being part of the government itself, now it's increasing every year. And Ika, so. you and the two other visiting artists who will be coming to Melbourne, Ayu and Marishka, you guys mm-hmm. all run um, your own small businesses, hey, which has to do with your artistic practice. Is that right? Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, Ayu and Marishka, they have this uh, fashion brand called Ugly, ugly uh to be honest i i know there's a lot of uh, female fashion designers uh female fashion illustrations but ugly i think it's different in its, its own uh way it's very uh, quirky and the style and the way they being very playful the way you the, the way they choose some of the models for their fashions is very interesting including marishka's grandmother Women on the line. So apart from the fashion label, would you like to tell us a bit about the art that you're working on and that will be coming over here as part of the show for Juanita? I think what's the most interesting part of this um, exhibition is the chance and opportunities to to showcase and to share about the journey of my artistic uh, that I started in 2008, where I, I, I'm a self-thought artist start with being a very crafty in terms of sewing. I'm pretty much always used um, scissors and glue in most of my art pieces. There will be a zine, a photo zine that I make in from 2012 and 2013. Suji was telling me that you're actually one of the first women to be doing zines and to be doing some of these <laughs> forms of art um, in Indonesia or in Jakarta. Can you give me a bit of a sense of that and tell me where that independent art scene is at in Jakarta at the moment? For Melbourne listeners, I think probably a lot of us won't have any idea really, so it would be really interesting to hear about that. The first zine I published in 2000, I think I'm like the second female zine editor and I remember at that time everyone is like mostly think that it's by... Um, men because it's very rare for a female actually making a zine so I get a lot of and my zine at the time it's pretty much talking about what is it like being me being a woman being being me with my parents being me with the boys being we, me with uh, the uh, underground scene at that time uh, the music and everything and I think at that time also not many of the zine talking about that kind of stuff in a personal opinion kind of way. So, yeah, I remember that at that time, 
suddenly I get this amazing uh, feedbacks and um, offers of my zine to be distributed all over Indonesia from from several friends outside and it's I think it's amazing the communications and the new friends uh, that I encounter along the way but at the same time I also wish that there are more girls actually make zines where in Indonesia especially in Jakarta if you've seen the history of the zine itself since 1990 the first time zine came to uh, Jakarta in Indonesia it's only talk about two things it's just music and politics mm-hmm. politics in terms of left polit- uh, left polit- uh, politics and especially from punk music I then realized that nobody has ever made a zine like that before not only because I'm a woman, but also the, the way I make then my zines focusing on women, for example, LGBT and art, you know, that kind of stuff. Which, of course, is also a political act and a political focus, but probably quite different to the sort of politics that um, exactly, the zine exactly. culture might have been familiar with already. Yes, especially if I talk about feminism on my zines, for example, it's not in the theory kind of way of seeing it, for example. It's more like for my daily life, for my, for around me, my, my girlfriends and my mother, you know, from that kind of context, which is, is, happened to be pretty new at mm-hmm. that time. Some people actually, like, come to me on a gig or on a street and literally, like, are you the one who made the zine? Yeah. Oh, wow. Like, and they introduce themselves and we have these long discussions over the topics that I wrote, which is that's really cool. At that time, uh, I think... Not many people actually talk, even talk about LGBT, for example, in in a, in a punk scene in Jakarta, Indonesia. So it's been a very interesting, um, controversial in a good way, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so, so yeah. have you seen that space open up? Have you seen more women get involved in making zines and, and own that art form in the same way that you have? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Especially since 2008, if I'm not mistaken, because I'm establishing my zine. I have also distributed. Uh, I have my own zine distribution in 2003 uh, and at that time I pretty much focused on campaigning about the zine itself, um, making workshops and also doing some campaigns through zine, helping women and children in several of the areas in Indonesia. Since 2008 there are so many uh, female editors, female zine editors in Jakarta, Indonesia that I've encountered which that's really awesome. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, even until like Five years ago, I remember some of some of them are actually come to my house and introduce themselves as yeah I'm I'm a, I'm a feminist I'm 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 musicians and I make zine and I think it's a very awesome feeling uh, to have uh, and to meet uh, these women because this is the kind of stuff that I always look for when I start making my own zine if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And and Suji, you've also commented that there are parallels between the art scene and the work that female artists are doing in Melbourne and in Jakarta. Can you tell us a little bit about some of those parallels? When I went over there June 2014, and um, that was when we first started this Winita project, created this, this Winita project and went around and did a bunch of workshops in five or six different cities with really varied groups of women so yeah especially in Jakarta I guess I was just really blown away by this group of about 10 or 15 women that um it was held in Brangrupa and um just the range and breadth of work and um the the real vibrancy I felt like there was actually quite a lot of um crossover in I guess a lot of interest in 
the self-created sort of artist. I see a lot of uh, amongst artist friends in Melbourne. So much of the community here I knew would get really excited about just the work and the sorts of things that were really happening on a, on a very sort of personal level as well, like sort of um, a lot of community groups, like drawing groups and, you know, skating drawing groups and zine-making groups or whatever, and that sort of community that I was, I guess I was quite really sort of longing for in Melbourne but and saw a lot of in Jakarta um, and heard a lot about. So... I felt like that was something that a lot of people I knew would get excited about. Certainly listening to Ika talking about zine making in Jakarta, I'm sure there's a lot of Melbourne zine makers who would be beside themselves to hear about that happening. So I think yeah. you might be right about that. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to meet them. I'd love, I'd love to meet them. On community radio around Australia, you're listening to Women on the Line. I'm Nicole Kirby. You've been hearing from Ika Ventiani, Rani Promesti, and Suji Kim. They join me for a four-way conversation between Melbourne and Jakarta. Tell me a little bit about Ruan Grupa, which is this arts collective that you met with in Jakarta, Suji, and I and Ika, you're also involved in. Ruan Grupa is a ruru, we call it. is a It's a contemporary art organisation founded in 2000, and 2000 by several of the artists that still involve uh, today, as some of the curators, it's a nonprofit organization, and they mostly work on um, broad scope of a culture through exhibitions, festivals, art labs. They have their own music festival, that kind of stuff. I think what's so good about Ruang Rupa, honestly, even to me, since I've been involved with their projects and programs for years, I couldn't even imagine uh, not having them around because since uh, most of my important findings in being an artist and creative worker, even a curator, was actually by doing projects with them. I remember even the first time when I'm exposed to Ruang Rupa in terms of just space. At that time, there's a queer film festival that they accommodate to run in, the, in their space. I think now they're like the most act- active the most active art collective in Jakarta. And, and some of our listeners might be interested to know that Ruan Rupa also has a radio station that they run, don't they? Mm. Mm. Yes, Rushap Radio. Yeah. And these are things, um, Nicole, like when, when Suchi approached me to kind of help produce it at Fusca Community Arts Centre, I was really keen to support it because a lo- there are a lot of um, Indonesian community members here in Melbourne and a lot of students as well, but not many of them are very engaged with the arts communities either in Melbourne or even in Jakarta. So one thing that I'm really hoping for is that a lot of um, a lot of our marketing has gone to promoting to Indonesian students and communities, and I really hope that the audience will show that overlap between you know Melbourne-based artists, but also Melbourne-based Indonesian community members. Our aim is for it to be kind of a cross-cultural celebration of these women artists. That's a really interesting point, and I did want to ask all of you how important you feel it is to establish these dialogues between Indonesian and Australian artists and women, especially given that Indonesia is such a close neighbour of Australia, I suppose. Mm, mm. Again, I was really, really happy to know about the Juanita Initiative because um, like going to the big events that the student Indonesian student communities organise over here, a lot of the artists that they bring out tend to be men. And, um, you know, there have been other initiatives with Indonesia and they bring out male artists or predominantly male artists. And I kind of go, but there are all these amazing women artists 
from my field in theater, but also in film, and now with Suchi's network um, in arts and craft DIY zine making. And people don't know about them. You know, I, I was at, for example, at the Australian Theater Forum at the beginning of this year, and they brought out two um, Indonesian artists, and they were both men. You know, and the legendary kind of figures that people know about internationally tend to be men, and I don't think that's good enough. You know, especially given how many women artists are working nationally in Indonesia. Mm. Like I asked um, one of the organizing student bodies, who brought out very big male. Um, uh, musicians just recently, just two days ago, literally, and um, I asked them, "Oh, do you know about these bands, which are women, women-led?" And they they had no idea, you know. So I think it is about how much reach these women artists have, both in Indonesia and then also internationally. And I asked the same question of my theater practitioner friends, like at Malthouse, which is quite a major theater venue here in Melbourne. They had no idea about these feminist Indonesian playwrights, you know, who've mm. been making work for 15 years. Mm. So it's about their reach. But also the, the feminist playwrights that I know of, they deal with quite controversial topics, you know, that have to do with gender issues, that have to do with political issues. And um, uh, sometimes the politics goes into the producing, you know, which venue is willing to host that kind of work. Mm. I hope that something like Juanita will be part of the solution. I think people sometimes don't just don't know about these women artists. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's about who has the connections internationally. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think Juanita as a network, Women Arts Network Indonesia to Australia, will be part of the solution. So, Which leads yeah. into the, the next question that I wanted to ask you about, which is I know that as a group of uh, women artists coming here from Jakarta to Australia, some of the conversations that you're planning on having will be around gender. And so I wanted to ask, um, particularly of Ika, what, the, um, what gender issues that you are interested in exploring as part of your art and your artistic practice. Uh, being a woman... And the idea of being a woman and how women being treated in our daily life and how this gender uh, role, I tend to question those issues in terms of, especially since in Indonesia, the role of the religion and culture is very heavy in our daily life. And I tend to put those kind of questions that I have regarding being a woman in this Indonesia and society uh, through my work. The way we treat LGBT people, for example, is very uh, negative. We just found out that today, like, they've just been the series of uh, educational gay uh, series in YouTube from uh, Indonesia. Either they put you in an extremely special place because you're a woman, if you know what I mean. So everything we do, it becomes special because we're women. That's one thing. Or it becomes even less important and doesn't matter Less essential because we're women. The, so it, we, I feel that we're hardly being treated equal and fair as a human being. Women's on the line. <laughs> oh, women on the line. Women on the line. <laughs> In terms of the treatment of women and LGBT groups, mm. Do you think that's a question of religion or culture or politics or all or none of those things? Both, in term, I mean, especially religion and culture, of course. The way the people using like religion from Quran, for example, because I'm a Muslim, to, to tell women to just obey obey your husband and stay at home, and at the same time, not many yet conversations about and explanations more about 
No, actually, in Quran, even in Hadis, uh, where where actually the role of the women itself is being respected, and actually they do have a freedom even during back then in, in Muhammad when in, in, in his in his uh, uh, Hadis, he said that well, the idea of me having my wife to support me and I believed her to explore herself and doing her business and everything. I think today it's being really being mistaken. Because especially those positive message not not being talked about every day in Indonesia. Because <coughs> his first different. his first wife Khadija was a really successful mm. businesswoman. Is that yeah. what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. exactly. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. So we have we doesn't we doesn't have enough conversations, especially good and fair conversations about what is actually the role of women in our daily life in terms of the religion. That's one thing, and in terms of the culture, which that's another thing also. But I think even the idea of talking about it freely for women here tend to be still seen as not forbidden, but we tend to do it in a way of hidden kind of feeling. Although now, of course, the technology, the social media, it becomes more, you know, like give us more freedom to, to speak and everything. But me, I remember me and my friends, for example, me and some girlfriends, we, we think of we, we doesn't have enough conversations on health reproduction for women, for example, that kind of talk. We're still thinking of doing it privately and because carefully because we don't want people to, you know, to see as there's so many worries, you know, if, if, if we go to that kind of what kind of topics like uh, sex and we, we, we tend to be then accused of exp- spreading like bad knowledge or bad influence to other women. Mm. So that kind of stuff happens all the time, if you know what I mean. So it, of course, that it makes women themselves then become very quiet, you know, and very you know have to, have to tone down our voice. Mm. We have to be very careful. We have to go back to our own little, you know, sick corner for just not be able to do that. So that kind of that kind of treatment, I think, is also one of the uh, thing that worrying me. I do just want to add because this is linked mm. to your early question, Nicole, mm. about mm. what has changed since 1999. Mm. Um, one of the major things that happened in the wake of the violence that erupted in 1998 was the establishment of Komnas Perempuan, um, right, Ika, which is a, the National yeah. Commission of Violence Against Women. And that mm-hmm. happened because um, of the mass violence of 1998, which was so, um, because of the mass rapes. And so, do you want to briefly explain for listeners sure. who aren't aware of what that violence yeah. uh, was, yeah, what it was? Sure. So um, um, it was 1998-1999 was were turbulent years in Indonesia. It, it came in the back of economic crisis, the the toppling of the three decades of Suharto dictatorship, and also as part of that, there was violence across five major cities in Indonesia, which erupted pretty much simultaneously. So there's a lot of evidence that it was orchestrated, but it was orchestrated in a way to target certain communities, including the Chinese communities, but also poorer communities and also women. So there were hundreds of women who were raped. So um, in at the back end of that, community groups rallied together and um, the then president, um, the vice president who became president, so Habibi, to establish a national commission of violence against women. And that co- that national commission is still in place. They, still, they are still active. And one of the things that they established um, included um, things like PEKA, which is the um, Perempuan Kepala Keluarga um, Network, which is women-headed households. So there are initiatives um, nationwide now, 
um, that are about um, having those conversations about sexual health, about domestic violence. But it really only did start in 1999 slash 2000. So it's been going for about 15 years. It's it's strong initiatives, but you know. Obviously, as Ika is t- telling us, it doesn't reach across all sectors of Indonesian society, which is a very complex, layered, massive um, mm. beast of a thing. Mm. But there are initiatives that had started 15 or so years ago. And of course, that's a long, long road. And I mean, that's something that probably a lot of Australian listeners can sympathise with as well, because their issues around, you know, sexual violence and the violence towards women, which as a society, Australia faces as well. Yeah, yeah. So like, even the term KDRT, which is Kekerasan Dalam Rumah Tangga, domestic violence, was something that actually my auntie helped to coin in Indonesia, because she worked with um, San Francisco Women Against Rape for 20 or so years. And then in the wake of the violence of 98, 99, she came back to Indonesia to do some work around what, what, how can people understand what is KDRT, what is domestic violence, you know. And similarly in Australia, we have a lot of misconceptions about what domestic violence is or isn't. So there are parallels there in terms of issues to do with gender. If listeners are interested in checking out the Juanita events um, at Footscray Community Arts Centre in early October, which you'll all be part of, can you let us know what the details are? So essentially there are three main things. There's the exhibition opening, which will happen on Thursday the 1st of October from 6 to 8pm. Um, and that will showcase uh, the works by 10 women artists. Is that right, Ika? Mm-hmm. 10 women artists from Jakarta. And then secondly, there's a workshop on Saturday the 3rd of October from 1 to 3 at Footscray. All of this is at Footscray Community Arts Centre. And that will be exploring contemporary gender identities through collage art making. And lastly, there's the conversation series on Sunday the 4th of October, um, which will take place in the Gabriel Gallery. And it will involve the three women artists, Ika Ayu and Mariska, talking about their experiences navigating the Jakarta arts scene. And that's all for Women on the Line today. You've been listening to a conversation with Rani Premesti, Associate Producer at Footscray Community Arts Centre, Ika Ventiani from Jakarta's art collective Ran Grupa, and Suji Kim, founder of Juanita. Ika will be travelling to Melbourne from Jakarta with two other artists in early October. They will be exhibiting their works and they'll also be in conversation at the Footscray Community Arts Centre. You can find out more about what you heard on today's show at footscrayarts.com. The music that you've heard on today's show is from the band Empat Lima, which our guest Suji Kim is part of. Women on the Line is Community Radio's National Women's Current Affairs Programme. It's produced and presented by a range of women broadcasters from 3CR in Melbourne and broadcast across Australia on the Community Radio Network. We greatly appreciate financial support from the Community Broadcasting Foundation. We welcome your comments or thoughts on today's show, so send us an email to womenonthelion at hotmail.com or phone 3CR on 03 9419 Women on the Line programs can be downloaded from the website www.3cr.org.au slash womenontheline. The theme music for Women on the Line is Slideshow at Free University by La Tigre. I'm Nicole Kirby. I hope you can tune in again next time.
Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online.